In this podcast, you're going to learn why I still invest in Section 8 apartments. I know what you're thinking out there. Uh, Peter, I hate Section 8. They're their worst tenants and they destroy properties. Well, that's actually your fault, not theirs. And I will share why in just a few minutes. On the positive, would you like the government to pay and guarantee 80 to 90% of your rents? Or how about um, getting a 5 to 8% rent increase every year? Or would you like a large pool of tenants to choose from on the waiting list, on a verified waiting list? Or are you interested in learning how to find the best and most responsible Section 8 tenants? Hello, everyone. I'm Peter Harris with Commercial Property Advisors, author of the book, Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. Also author of my new best-selling book, Commercial Real Estate for Beginners. And also, I'm a coach and mentor to many commercial real estate investors all across this great nation of ours. In just a few minutes, you're going to learn the advantages of renting to Section 8. There's a ton of advantages there. I'm also going to share with you the disadvantages of renting to Section 8. There's a ton there too. I'm going to give you the two best Section 8 websites to check out. I'm going to also give you quite a few tips that will save you lots of money and headaches when investing in Section 8 apartments. And lastly, I'm going to share with you how we choose the best Section 8 tenants and avoid the worst ones. That's the whole key to this business. All right, let's get started. Let's start off with um, what is Section 8. Let me give you a brief history. The Federal Housing Assistance Programs were started during the Great Depression. This is when America wasn't doing so well, right? The government needed to, to provide uh, housing assistance to, uh, to the poor. Well, in the 60s and 70s, the federal government created what we call subsidy programs to increase the production of low-income housing and to help families pay their rent. And let's fast forward to 1974, Congress started the Section 8 program to provide rent assistance to low-income families. Now, the way this works is the tenants will usually pay 30% of their income towards the rent, and the balance is subsidized by the government, by federal funds. The entire program is overseen by HUD, the Department of Housing and Urban Development. All right. So Section 8, uh, the main Section 8 program involves the what we call the voucher program. A voucher may either be project-based when its use is limited to a specific apartment building, or the voucher can be tenant-based where the tenant is free to choose a unit in the private sector, but you're not limited to specific complexes, all right? And this can be anywhere in the U.S. Now, here's how the Section 8 program works in a nutshell. You have an apartment unit for rent. You register as a Section 8 landlord and place your unit in the pool. An approved Section 8 tenant sees your listing, calls you up, you qualify them, show them the property, then Section 8 tenant sets up an inspection with the Section 8 office so that your unit can pass inspection. All three of you meet. Then once you pass um, the inspection, you negotiate the rent with the Section 8 office. You sign the lease and the tenant moves in. That's basically how it works. Now, if the tenant's rent is, let's say it's $1,000, typically the, the tenant will pay $200 of that $1,000 and Section 8 will pay the remaining $800. So it's a pretty good deal in, in my experience. Been doing this for uh, quite a few years, 
I'm going to share with you some of my experiences, good and bad, on this podcast. All right, let's um, let's continue on. Let's discuss what are the Section 8 advantages. All right, number one is on-time and convenient payments. You're going to receive your, your rents from HUD on time every single month, uh, either a check or direct deposit. It's pretty cool, pretty simple. The second advantage is you're going to get protection from a tenant's financial hardship. Let me explain. I've had a tenant, her name is Marcy. Uh, she disappeared on me for months at a time. I didn't know where she went, but if she wasn't on Section 8, she likely would have been evicted due to non-payment of rent. Um, instead, because HUD pays 100% of her rent, right? Um, I didn't evict her because she can disappear, but uh, HUD uh, pays me 100% of her rent every single month. And Marcy just popped up whenever she needed repairs. So Section 8 provided her, provided me from her financial hardship. Okay, that's the second advantage here. The third advantage is you can, you're going to have free access to a pool of potential tenants that are on the verified waiting list. That's a pretty pretty cool thing there. I'm going to share with you two websites that you can use immediately to check out Section 8 properties in your city. You can list your property on these two websites and tenants will call you. We have used both of these websites successfully over the years. So the two websites are number one, gosection8.com. Okay, that's geosection8.com. Check that website out. And then the second website is wetakesection8.com. Okay, wetakesection8.com. Check both of those out, right? You're able to list your properties and you can review tenant profiles. And for a small fee, even though they're free for a small fee, you're able to do a premium listing to get you more attention on your property when the tenants are searching, right? So um, check those out. Right, so that was a third advantage. The fourth advantage is you're going to be able to get higher rental rates. Let me explain. This may not be true everywhere, but in general, and definitely in smaller cities, the rent you can get from a Section 8 tenant often exceeds what you could reasonably get for your typical not-the-best-neighborhood property. All right, so that is so true. The fifth advantage is short vacancies. Perhaps not every city has a mile-long list of Section 8 participants with vouchers who are seeking housing, but our city does. And um, so filling a vacancy is pretty quick. Is a pretty quick process once your property has been inspected and approved for Section 8. All right? Okay, so those are the five advantages. Now, let's discuss the uh, Section 8 disadvantages. Well, despite the advantages of Section 8 investing, uh, apartment investing, there are some disadvantages. You should consider all the potential problems before deciding to qualify your property for Section 8 housing. Okay? The first disadvantage is government bureaucracy. One of the biggest disadvantages of Section 8 is dealing with the government's regulations and their red tape. It's costly to qualify and maintain a uh, property for Section 8 housing. Part because of the government bureaucracy. So, um, so uh, making things worse, the uh, the uh, HUD, the, their their department is often understaffed, uh, resulting in slow. That sometimes the service is unreliable. Sometimes they just don't care. <laughs> all right. So uh, I've experienced all of the above: great service, mediocre service, and horrible service. That's the government for you. The second disadvantage is delayed payments. The entire Section Eight process 
can be slow, which in the end results in delayed in getting um, a tenant in your property. And then after tenant moves in, that your first rent payment may take 60 days to get your first rent payment. But luckily in 60 days, you know, because it's two months, you're going to get, you know, uh, double the payment. Okay. But you will get paid. Those are the first two disadvantages. I think, you know, those probably stick out the most for me. Um, the third one too is strict inspections. Okay. Properties qualifying for uh, section eight housing must pass strict inspections. Often, in my opinion, making it easier to rent properties to private pay tenants sometimes, all right? So sometimes it can be quite laborious just to get past the inspection, all right? Number four you're going to deal with is uh, delinquent tenants. Though the majority of Section 8 rent is paid by the government, the tenant is usually responsible for paying a portion of the monthly rent, okay? If the tenant doesn't pay their portion of the rent, you can go through Section 8, the Section 8 eviction process you can settle for less profit or possibly even lose money after all the maintenance and repair costs. Sometimes us landlords, we, we are reluctant to report a tenant who's late on their rent payments because reporting a tenant could lead to a long bureaucratic process to have the tenant removed. Then once the tenant is evicted, we have to go through the entire Section 8 process again for a new tenant. All right. So although, you know, us landlords, we... We deal with both private and Section 8 delinquent tenants. Section 8 delinquencies are costlier due to the bureaucratic regulations. All right. So someone think about. Here's the fifth and last disadvantage is there's no compensation for damages. If a Section 8 tenant damages your property, you can complain to Section 8 and usually get their voucher revoked, but you're not going to get any money from the government as compensation. No way. It's not written in any agreement that they will do that for you. And since the tenant is obviously low income, getting any money from them will be a challenge as well, right? Even if you get a judgment against them. Generally, because Section 8 tenants are less financially invested in your property, they also tend to be a little less concerned about proper upkeep. So I uh, want to keep that in uh, consideration as well. All right. Okay. So I'm done with the advantages and disadvantages. I'm going to share with you a few Section 8 investing tips that will make you the most money and but surely save you some headaches here. Okay. Tip number one is remove all ceiling fans, garbage disposal, screen doors, and storage areas. These items, although are nice to have, will not get you higher rents, but will cost you more to maintain. They are unnecessary. So I wouldn't, I, you know, ceiling fans, garbage disposal, screen doors, storage areas, I will take them out. You're just asking for more items to upkeep. Section 8 doesn't care if you have those things or not. Okay, so get them out. The second tip is you should do monthly or quarterly visits to inspect to make sure the, that the place is being taken care of properly. And specifically, I look for water leaks. Did you know that a running toilet can cost you $75 a month? Or even a dripping faucet or shower head can cost you $20 a month. That's huge over the years, right? So that's why we do monthly or quarterly visits. The third tip is train a tenant. Do not let them train you. Section 8 tenants, everyone out there, they're like children. And without structure and enforcing the rules, you're going to have a horrible experience. They're going to be like wild kids. So never let your emotions get the best of you. 
always be professional and don't fall into any of their mental games. Okay. So you be the parent. They're the children. Okay. All right. If you want to find out what Section 8 will pay in your city, this is tip number four. You can Google fair market rents and then your city and then click on the link. It'll be a HUD link. It will show you instantly, you know, what Section 8 will pay for a one bedroom, two bedroom, and three bedroom. And you can simply compare it against the market rents in your city. Okay. That's tip number four. Number five is knowing when to not rent to Section 8. Interesting, right? When not to rent to Section 8 tenants, if your property is in a good location and it's well rehabbed, well renovated, you can generally rent it out to a private tenant more quickly, right? And with higher rent than you can with a Section 8 tenant. In other words, if your property is in a great neighborhood and the property is in great condition, uh, you're probably going to attract a better tenant who can pay a higher amount than what Section 8 can pay. Okay, so that would be when I wouldn't rent a Section 8 okay? because I can get I can get higher rents and a better tenant and in, in a in a better neighborhood with a nice looking property. All right. Okay, so those are the tips. Let's move on to the last part. That's how to attract and choose the best Section 8 tenants and avoid the worst ones. Let me share this. My all time best tenant to this day was a Section 8 tenant. All right. It was a single mom of four girls. She was absolutely terrific. Clean, kept the property in, in good shape, paid on time always, and just a great communicator, just very responsible person. My all-time worst tenant was also a Section 8 tenant. Of course, I learned nothing from the best tenant, but I learned a whole bunch from the worst tenant. And that's what I'm going to share with you today. Here's what I learned. I learned how to screen Okay, how to filter, right? How to qualify, uh, how to screen extremely well by developing that process over the years and refining it to the point that I believe is the best you'll find anywhere, my opinion. So it's it's a points-based system that leaves the emotion out. If the prospective tenant has a good story but doesn't have enough points, deny. They get denied, right? If they come highly recommended but not enough points, denied. They're denied. If our property manager is not sure if they should rent this person or not, tell me what their score is, right? If they have enough points to get in, if not, end of story, denied. In one building, our evictions have gone down 70% in one year by just switching to the simple point system. I cannot share the point system and explain to you thoroughly on a podcast because I need to show you the points and the categories and all that. You're going to have to watch my video, my YouTube video to see the point system, Right. But basically, uh, the point system is comprised of three categories. I check out their rental history, their income and their credit debt. For example, on a rental history, I'll see how long they've been a renter. Right. They get certain points for being a long renter. They'll get negative points if they have eviction. They'll also get negative points if they have problems with the, with the former landlord. Um, on their income check, they must make three times what their rent portion is. Let me explain that real quick. All right. So uh, if the Section 8 rent, if the apartment rent is $1,000, Section 8 pays me $800. So the tenant's portion is $200. They must make three times that. So they must make $600. So if they make that, they get a point. If they don't make that, they get um, negative three points. That's simple, right? 
and we look at their credit and debt, I range them from excellent credit all the way down from good to fair to poor to bad to no credit. And I give them certain points. Then on the debt part, I will examine their debt to credit ratio. And then um, after, after adding up all these points, if they have, for example, three points, they get in. If they have two to two and a half points, that's not you know ideal. So what they have to do is they have to give me a double deposit, okay? A double security deposit. Now, if they're below two points, they do not get in, okay? So this is a well-refined system. It makes it so easy to use, and it makes it easy for our property managers and our leasing agents to make it a quick decision, uh, removing all the emotion. All right, so check out my YouTube video and you, you'll see the screening process and my point system. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast on why I invest in Section 8, why I like it so much. I gave you the advantages, the disadvantages, some tips and things like that and how to track and choose the best ones and avoid the worst ones. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. I will see you hopefully on the next podcast. Okay, everyone. See you later.